Mark, I'm desperate to know. I want to do my basement. I want to finish it like a man. But the problem is I can't. I can't do anything. Yeah, you're not a man, so don't try and be a man. I want you to call True Build Limited. They have a staff of real men, so guys like you and I can drink our lemonade, okay, and watch Frosty. This is the time we want to be relaxing and watch real men finish our basement. You can't work outside, so get True Build Limited inside your house, into the basement, finish it for the summer. Will they let me hold the hammer? Because I have a a father-in-law that will judge me if I don't do any of the work myself. Will they let me hold a hammer or drill maybe the last screw into some board? They will let you be a part of the team, okay? They will give you one hammer. It may not be real, but they'll give you a hammer to hold, okay, while they're working. But, okay, what I want to express sincerely here is once they're done the basement, you book with them before they leave to finish your fence for the upcoming spring. They're taking bookings for fencing. So finish your basement. I love that. So you can have uh, Christmas with your family, get the fence in so you don't have to see your ugly neighbors anymore. <laughs> and oh, actually my in-laws are my neighbors, Mark. Get a 10 foot fence for Jay <laughs> book for spring 2021. True Build Limited, contact them now. Becky, Home Alone or Elf? What is a better Christmas movie? Oh, Home Alone is definitely the better Christmas movie. There's more action. There's um, there's three of those movies. It's a, it's a trilogy, so you know it's better that way. Elf is a classic. You can't knock on it. But when you're comparing both of them, Home Alone, because you got a kid that's a genius pretty much, and he's, he's kept out some some robbers there so yeah it's like he prepared for that answer you had no <laughs> idea he was gonna do that and that was so well thought out yeah. i think janine disagreed though i i saw a little head shake there i think you're yeah. an elf fan. i think i'm two things one yes i disagree elf all the way two that was just very detailed explanation <laughs> i was unexpected <laughs> i was unexpected yeah so janine becky guest number two how long in minutes or hours can you listen to Christmas music before you snap? Oh, I'm a I'm a everything Christmas person, but the the Christmas tunes uh, have to be like right up at Christmas for me. So I'm gonna go like thirty to forty five minutes max, and then we need to take a little bit of a break. Yeah, that seems that amazing. Seems fair. Yeah, Steve O'Kane, soccer snob number one. If you're writing a super important document, you're signing Drew Becky again. Oh. Do you use a blue pen or a black pen? You have the choice. 
it's a terrible like i I'm, i would always use blue but i feel like legally they make you use black like i feel like i've actually had a like no you can't use your blue pen like at work or something's weird yeah black seems more official i don't know why yeah yeah, yeah. legal jason whiting would you eat a fillet of fish from mcdonald's if i bought it for you right now <laughs> Uh, probably not because I'm gluten free just to annoy everybody out there. But if I what pre pre gluten, I've had it once before and it's not bad. It's like it's deep fried. So you can't, I mean, it's, it's not awful. But. We have a special show today, a brother sister combination, the Beckys. Okay. Drew and Janine Becky. I'm going to intro Drew first. Drew is a Canadian professional soccer player who's had a pro career. I mean, almost or almost 10 years or over 10 years now, pretty close anyway. Early in his career, drafted 28th overall by the Columbus Crew. He has played and represented our hometown here in Ottawa for many years with the Fury, quickly becoming a huge fan favorite. You're now playing in El Paso, correct? You're still there? Are you there now? No, I'm, uh, I'm not. My contract is up, but I'm oh. in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the moment. Oh, Oklahoma. All right. So, yeah, that's one of the stops you made, including uh, Carolina Jacksonville. He's also been capped at the U23 level, playing in Canadian Olympic qualifying games. I remember watching those because you were coming to the Fury like a couple of weeks later and we're watching and we're like, oh, my gosh, please don't let him understand who we are. So we can come. <laughs> this has to come. And Janine Becky, I mean, player for Manchester City in the Women's Super League. Do we, I mean, not much else we need to say, or that's, uh, that's right there. <laughs> We've hit the pinnacle here. Uh, Becky's played for the Canadian national team over 70 times, uh, scored three goals in the Olympics, uh, getting a bronze medal that year. I remember that. She also plays and stars for the Canadian women's national team now. So welcome. Thank you both for um, reducing yourself to joining us today. Thank you for having us. So I'm going to jump right into the... Uh, to the school route, okay? You both chose the NCAA route as opposed to joining professional ranks right as a young player. We've heard and spoken to and heard like horror stories of these kids, you know, rejecting four-year scholarships at these big, you know, academic schools, Princeton, this, that, and the other to go play in the CPL and kind of grind, you know, and, and losing all that eligibility. So I'll start with uh, Drew, because I know you had the chance, right? You went to the residency program and you had a choice of going kind of pro or taking the, uh, the school route. So why did you choose that? And any uh, quick advice to anyone who's, has, who's going through that decision right now? Uh, yeah, I think you said it there. It was the, it was the aspect of the really unknown. Um, for me at the time, and I guess it's so long ago now, but 15, 16 years old, your brain's not anywhere close to being developed. So you rely on those that, you know, or in your ear and my mother was in my ear saying, you know, if you get injured, what do you have? And, and those type of things. Um, but then you have somebody on the other side saying, you know, this is a opportunity that's not going to come around a lot. You're in a professional environment. You have a chance to sign with the club in Germany, those type of things. And so at that time, so what was that? Oh, four through 06. Um, there were definitely some young Canadians that were going over to Germany because there was some kind of, uh, I don't know if we had a treaty with them or something that we could go and play in Germany without having a work permit. Yeah. Um, and the, our coach at the time had brought over Owen Hargreaves from Calgary to Bayern Munich. Wow. And so that was a stepping stone that wow. really was unmatched. And uh, 
and really he had all the connections that we needed. At the end of the day, after I spent a few months up there and left my high school in Denver, I had a kind of a realization that well, I'm making a big jump here. I'm not, a, I'm away from everything that I really know. I'm just with my, you know, my teammates. Um, I'd have to live with a billet family in Germany, people that I don't know. I don't speak German. Um, and so that it, it just was kind of became, I, I cut up the, I cut up the contract and said, I need to come back home. And luckily they let me back into high school. So, uh, and that was really it. Uh, after that, um, I had a few choices for university, but I wanted to stay close to my mom and my sisters and and that was it. I just went to Denver and I thought, you know, if you're good enough, you, they'll find you. So yeah, that was really right. it. I love that you actually physically cut up the contract. You know, like, <laughs> it's so, like, you know, like, ugh, like it's so final. Yeah, that was amazing. It's blue pen, Mark. It wasn't yeah, the blue pen. They didn't accept <laughs> it. Blue pen. Yeah. So Janine, I know you went the Texas route, correct? Did you have offers to go play pro in, in other places? And did you have to make the same kind of choice? <clears throat> Um, no, it wasn't a similar decision for me. I, I wasn't ready to go pro. I wasn't, I didn't have the opportunities. Um, I think had that been something that I wanted to do, I probably could have pursued, um, you know, an, an option of going somewhere and almost like trying out for a team, but there wasn't any like immediate opportunities for me. So yeah, it was the college recruiting route for me. Um, and I would have to say, I absolutely wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for the spending those four years at a university. So that was really, really important for my development. Yeah. Well, yeah. Is that because you're sorry, sorry to jump in? Is that because the coaching at, at the, your school in Texas or just growing up and maturing or the timing of the women's game growing? I know that's a lot of questions in one, but what do you think? Janine? I think it's all of those. Um, I think for me personally, I really kind of jumped on the scene with soccer a little bit later than a lot of the girls that I was playing with um, in club soccer because I played basketball and I ran track in high school. So it wasn't just soccer for me. Um, and it wasn't until probably my second year in high school where I really thought this is, this is what I want to do after, after high school. This is what I want to pursue. Um, and so then it was, it kind of all happened really fast and I ended up getting pretty heavily recruited after we played at the um, U.S. soccer regional tournament, and we actually won the tournament to go to nationals. And it was after that tournament where I really started to get the attention from college coaches. So, um, yeah, I had a few options, but the coach at Texas Tech, who is still currently the coach there, his name is Tom Stone, um, still a very, very close friend of mine, um, someone that's really close to our family, was just absolutely incredible for me um, and just his vision that he had for the program and where I fit into that was really attractive uh, going to a, a program that wasn't very well known uh, when I got there, but he's done an incredible job. And, and now they're consistently in the NCAA tournament um, top of the conference. So those were four of probably going to be the best four years of my life. Yeah. That's, that's uh, when I looked at where you guys went, I always look and I live vicariously through that for a second. And I say, when I'm recruiting any letter that has snow, I throw right away and I'm like anywhere south of like, so I'm like, I saw a text. I'm like, smart. I knew it right away. Drew, Drew. Well, you would be surprised. It does get very, very cold where I went to school. I was in West Texas. So it wasn't like Southern Texas where it's the hot and humid all the time, but it wasn't, it wasn't as cold as as the North or some of the places that I could have gone. University of Maine letter got thrown out before you opened it. (laughs) Right. Of course. A hundred percent. So I'm going to jump and switch gears. Now, when you were playing professionally, both of you, 
Uh, I know Janine's had this experience. I don't know if Drew has or if you, uh, but anyway, I'll bring it up. North American sports and being traded. I mean, that's a very North American thing. And I know, Janine, you were traded from, I think, Chicago to Sky Blue, correct? Uh, from Houston to Sky Blue. Houston to Sky Blue, okay. Chicago so, was involved in the trade. It was very confusing. <laughs> yeah, so is that a very, is that almost like a, a deterrent in the soccer world? Like when you're looking for your next, like, I mean, in North America, that, I mean, when you're traded, you have no choice. There's no new contract. There's no this. You're just, you and your family or whoever you're with are just uprooted and sent. Is that something that you'd like to see changed? And Drew, did you get traded or were you just, did you leave on end of contracts? Um. I've been transferred due to a uh, mutual agreement. Um, okay. There's never a player for player for player <laughs> trade that I've been involved in. Um, Is that which, something you, yeah. Janine or, or Drew, whoever wants to take it, you want to see taken out of the North American game? I mean, is that not crazy? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think also now that I've spent time in England and I know how things work over here and I speak to some of my teammates here about the whole process and they can't even fathom that a player could yeah. literally not be told that they're being pretty much given to another team and not have any say in the decision. Mm-hmm. So when I look back on, on how it happened, it is, I'm a little bit bitter about it. Um, to be honest, it was a difficult, it was a difficult thing to handle, especially because I really was enjoying living in Houston. Um, I knew for my game, I needed a change of scenery, uh, but I was really in the dark about the whole thing. Um, and I think it's, you can't even blame the club, really. It's, it's the way that the league is run. And I don't think it's right. I don't think it's right that the player doesn't literally have any rights. Um, the team owns you and can literally just completely change your life without even um, speaking to you about it. So I had no idea. I had a gut feeling I was going to get traded. Just, you know, you hear things. And my agent was trying to, you know, get information and things like that. But I honestly had no idea where I was going to end up. Um, and I ended up all the way across the country. So it was, uh, it was an interesting time. I have a, a follow-up to that. So we've, we've interviewed a few people. Uh, Charmaine Hooper was one, but you're the perfect person to ask this to. Like, uh, maybe it's, I'm the only one who wants to know, but I'm going to ask anyway. So I guess the trade part of the league of, of being in North America is obviously a detriment. I, I totally hear your point. Like, it makes complete sense. I always thought it's very different in the women's game to the men in the fact that Canada, U.S. is such a power that why would anybody leave Canada or the U.S. if in the women's game when they can play at home, play in like the top league against top players, whereas like Drew wants to go to Germany, was young, totally understandable. You want to make it here, but if you can make it in Europe, it's the best of the best. Now it seems, and you're a part of it, there's a bit of a wave going over to Europe. What's the attraction to go there as opposed to players staying here? Um, I think there's a few things. Uh, for me, I wanted, like I said, a change of scenery. Um, I didn't think that the environments that I was in in the NWSL were pushing me to really improve my game. Hmm. Um, and I think part of that is because currently the structure in the NWSL with Canadian and American national team players is that there's what's called allocation. So yeah. I was an allocated player to my club, which means the club didn't actually pay my salary. Yeah. The Canadian Soccer Association play, paid my salary. So I was essentially free to my team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a way there's a certain uh, reputation for allocated players that you should probably be one of the best players at the club because you're a yep. consistent face in a national team environment. And I think I got away with not training my best, 
not being held to my highest standard and still mm. getting on the pitch. Wow. Um, and for me, that wasn't going to help my game. Uh, and, and I started to lose that out on that at, at Sky Blue. I really was not spending a lot of time on the pitch. And I got this unbelievable opportunity to come to, come to Manchester. And it's just completely changed my game. Uh, but I think the attraction is, is a different style uh, of play, in a sense. I think over here in England, it's a lot more of a, a tactical game. There's more emphasis put on being really sharp technically. And in a club like, you know, the top clubs in England, you just can't survive if you're not pushing yourself to be really clean technically, to be clean on the ball, to understand the tactics. How do we play out against the team? How do we high press the team? Um, and I think the NWSL is moving in that direction, which is really positive. Um, yeah, I think for me, I made the decision to come over a little bit earlier than this like next wave of yeah. players. Uh, but if, if anyone, you know, follows my game, it's it's been an absolute just, pleasure to be here and it's done so much for my game uh and yeah I think it's really just exciting as a footballer to be a part of of the British footballing culture um and to be at a club like Man City and I'll forever cherish my time here and hopefully win a few more trophies before I leave what a great and I'm totally sold like I'm I'm calling them they'll never sign right now well that was great wow yeah so I'm just gonna quick you know you always know when you're interviewing like athletes, AJ with Chris Twardick, Drew's got his bottle of like, yeah. like just juice of energy entering his system. Like we always feel like me, I'm drinking like a Dr. Pepper and sneaking <laughs> a Dorito in. And then the athletes we <laughs> are like drink, you know what I mean? It's hilarious. Mark, can you, I, don't, you don't know what's in here. You don't know what's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Then she pulls out her bottle of water at the same time. It's just, a nice crumb I'm, like, I'm going to send my kids to get me like a lemon water. <laughs> Mark, Mark, can I derail you like I always do and you hate me and just yeah. let the listeners get to know Drew Becky for a minute? <laughs> yeah, of course. I'm dying to tell the story. Like, again, oh, no. it, it might only interest me, but for me, this is like total Drew. Remember when we went to, I think it was Charlotte, we went to North Carolina for the PDL, like Elite Eight or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get there, we get these massive SUVs. I'm the coach. I'm just like, take me to the hotel. And then the owner's yelling at me. He's like, you got to drive the SUV. How do we get to the hotel? And I'm like, I don't, what? What's how I'm rattled. I don't know what's going on. I've got to sort players out. He's just berating me from the back. Get, how do you not know how to get to the field? Drew is shotgun. He like calmly puts his hand on my shoulder. He's like, Steve, just, it's okay. You start the car like this. <laughs> I didn't know it was like a push button. I'd never driven one. He's like, if you if you stay between the one and the two, if you stay between the one and the two, you're good. You you know don't don't crank your RPMs. You know he told like he took over this situation completely. I was like a little boy in his arms, and he's like, you're doing well. Like, doing well, look, we're gonna flick on the GPS. See, the GPS gonna take care of us here. Don't listen to John. I've got him, Mr. Pugh. We're gonna go to this hotel, and I like the whole situation was calmed, and I'm like. I'm in, I might, I might have a well, question. Drew, 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 always been, we have to be more manly around Drew. Like I remember Mark always asking like, who has a better handshake around Drew? I'm like practicing my handshake before training, <laughs> like trying to grip it. Cause he's just, you just exude yeah. like confidence and, and, yeah. and your true captain through and through. Also, where were you drew when Steve had like really bad diarrhea before our semifinal or final, I forget what it was. Talk about and, it. and before the team talk and like, it was a disaster. Drew, you, you weren't there to help him. We needed oh, you. 
I didn't we really like, coach. I well, you wouldn't have known. You were very confident. I never saw any of that side. We were dabbing his forehead with like towels, trying to calm him down. Right <laughs> it was it was terrible. This is well, it was, it was humid. It was humid. I'm gonna you turn away work. from diarrhea real yeah, quick. Yeah, let's here. do that. Yeah. Talk about uh, two professional athletes coming from one family. It's yeah. rare, and that's got to be some sort of upbringing. I can't, you know, we can't attribute it to one thing. But before we delve into that. We're going to play a little game and oh, I'm going to start with now. Drew and I want Drew to name me a famous brother, sister, 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 or whatever, a, a sibling combination in the professional oh, range. No, I know she Janine's got, got she hers. One. Drew, um, I want you to rip up men's or women's yeah. game. Um, Reggie Miller and uh, what was the sister's name? Oh, God. It's amazing, man. The Miller twins, I should say. I'll just say that. I can't remember her yeah, name. Yeah, that's a good pull. Janine, I know you're close with one. I got one. I got Reese and Lauren James. Reese James plays for Chelsea and his sister plays for Manchester United. Oh, wow. You know, there's, I went through, Jay, can you name one? No, I don't think so. Really? I don't think Was so. Was the question probably... specifically for soccer? Yeah. It can be for anything. Oh, Any sport. Yeah, but you cheated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's quite a few, like, there's... even if you think off the top of your know. head, like, the, I mean, the, the, um, Hazard's got brothers, Loudrops, Wright Phillips, Toure's. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was brother sister. I yeah, thought you were doing brother sister. Sister. That's yeah. tough, man. Oh, hey, you even oh. called it amazing. Can yeah, I know. Brother and brother. Yeah, anything, any sibling wow. combination. There's Neville. So many. Yeah, the yeah, Neville twins. Yeah. yeah. You have one yeah, of your I sat next Janine? to Phil at Janine's game. Oh, wow. <laughs> when I went over there. Yeah, That's yeah, amazing. That so, was interesting. Yeah. Professional athletes in a family. I mean, what was it that that was there any I mean we talked to Julian de Guzman when we interviewed him and he was like him and his brother were breaking down like film at like uh, six months old like he said that's <laughs> that they were just, yeah not quite not quite happening yeah, in the that doesn't surprise me no but was it uh, was it what what set you guys up like were you were you into it early were you guys I mean were you just athletes I know your your father was an athlete a basketball player um are your older siblings athletes how did that work so so I can stop talking and people can hear from you <laughs> I think that our parents just threw us into sport because we all had too much energy and they didn't want to deal with it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. All four of us were really, really active um, growing up. All four of us played soccer. We all played basketball. Drew, I played hockey. Drew played uh, baseball and uh, literally every sport we probably had covered between the four of us. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think it was just, part of how we grew up sports were just such a core of our family um and then when our dad passed away I remember our mom used to like I don't know how she did it she's one a superhero but like the organizational skills I have mad respect for because she had to figure out how to get all four of us to our games two tournaments and then she would end up watching like 26 soccer games in a weekend or something like that um so she's she's earned her right to have some uh commentary on our on our performances over the yeah. years she used to say i don't know anything and i'm like mom you've probably been, you've been watching the game longer than i have so so yeah i think that's just how old how old how old were you guys if you don't mind me asking when your dad passed away i was 11 years old and janine was okay. six seven. okay six or seven you know years. how old i am Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> and so drew are, what position are you in the family like siblings like are you I'm, I'm second eldest. Uh, we have an older sister who's 33 now, 33. Okay. 
And so did you, I know it's like cliche, but like, I know what happened to Steve as well when he was young and like, did it, did that flip a switch for you and be like, okay, like now I'm mature. Now I'm uh, like, I've, I've got to add more value to the family. Like, you know what you mean? Like, uh, yeah, it definitely is a maturity thing. And I, Steve can talk about this too. That, um, I don't think I put it on myself that I needed to add more value. Um, but I definitely became more individualistic, if that makes sense. I became more, yes. um, you know, I needed to pr- provide for myself first. Um, I was only 11, so I couldn't provide for anybody yeah, else. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like to add on to what Janine said, we had uh, quite an amazing uh, group of friends and families that stepped in and, you know, we would go spend nights over there at their house. They'd feed us, they'd get us to training. Without those people as well, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to to get to where we are today, you know, because there was no way my mother was going to get us all to training at the same time. And none of us could drive at that time. So, yeah, it was it was a network of people that is we're forever grateful to. I think what's, I don't know if you still do it, Drew. I know you did it in Ottawa. You had a group to help uh, younger kids in the same situation. I'm not sure if you carried it on. I know in Ottawa we discussed it or whatever. I think mm-hmm. that's a, that's an incredible way to give back to in my opinion. It, well, that, that, you know, Steve, that was a really awesome opportunity. And that's not thanks to me. You know, I don't know if you met Graham Ivory who worked yeah. at the club. Yeah. But amazing guy. He helped me logistically set that up and get people to games and, uh, unfortunately and fortunately i say there's so many people that are going through the same thing yeah um most people don't know that because they keep it maybe to themselves but um whether it's cancer whether it's a accident whether it's whatever it is yeah um that sense of trauma it it, it derails a lot of things in people's lives and uh being able to get together as a group with people who are understanding the same thing whether or not there's counselors there or you learned how to deal with the stages of grief just being around people is important. And that was as much of a therapy for me as it is for them. So uh, to be able to enter, you know, get them to a game, maybe they don't think about it for a bit. That was great. I haven't been able to um, bring it anywhere else because in Canada we have connections and government support that is just not available in the States. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's not Unfortunately, you know, here there's just not, there's no programs yeah. for that. So, yeah. yeah. And it's tough too with uh I mean, this is a whole separate argument, but mm. with you playing in North America, I mean, the contracts are so short term and it's like to establish yourself in a city and start something so yeah. beautiful. It's yeah. like, and then all of a sudden you're, yeah. you know, you're somewhere traded, else. Mark, so, you're traded. Yeah. It's not blue. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm going to switch gears like 180 degrees, Janine, and I'm going to bring up the penalty in the world cup. Uh, you know, I wrote this out because I wanted to make sure we say it in a, in a way that I know I, right after that I was on with Drew on Twitter. Anyway, so I want to make sure that before we get into this, okay, okay, for somebody in their early 20s at the time to be asked to do this by the best goal scorer in the history of the world and for you to step up regardless of the outcome shows the type of leadership every kid in Canada should be valuing and watching. And and I'm not just saying this because you're here. I'm saying this because if you are a human who complained about it, you're an idiot and turn this off. We don't want you listening to this. So with all that said, okay, I want to know, like, 
how that shaped the next step of your career. Like missing one of those in like the Peterborough tournament when I was 12, I still wake up sweating. (laughs) And you to like do that and overcome that and now be at Man City and everything. Did that have a big profound impact on your, on your development? I think it was, it's going to be something that continues to have an impact on my career. I don't think it was something that like it happened. And then all of a sudden I saw this, like response from it although there was an amazing response so uh that was really cool to experience but yeah I mean those are the kind of things in in a career that you you don't wish for like I would obviously love to go back and and change what happened but it's definitely something that has pushed me so much further than I could imagine experiencing that would have and I actually just made my first penalty the other, like, yes. three weeks ago. Uh, for That's the first penalty I've taken since I missed and, and I scored. So it was nice to get that out of the way. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think back to that moment and it's like, everyone's like, you know, like, what was going through your head in that moment? And it's really kind of a boring answer because yeah. I wasn't really think, actively thinking about anything. Obviously, it was a massive honor for me to be able to be trusted by, you know, someone like Christine yeah. uh, to, to step up and, and take the penalty. And I think what I've walked away from the situation with is obviously a lot of pride. Um, a mm. lot of, uh, I'm proud that I did that. I'm proud that I stepped up and took it. And, and to be fair, I, it was a good save. I, I hit yeah, the ball. Yeah. Well, it was mm-hmm. actually a decent penalty. Yeah. So it was hard to, to feel that for a while. And, uh, like you said about missing one in a game like that, I, I do sometimes think about it and still feel a little bit sick to my stomach about it. And <laughs> and honestly, I really hope that that doesn't go away because I just think that means I'll always know I care. Yeah. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to, to writing that moment back in time um, at yeah. some point in my career. But, see, what people don't probably understand, and Drew, you can attest to this too, is that how many professional athletes of like the highest level don't want to take penalties. Like it's, it's a, I mean, you'd see like this striker, he's got 43 goals from Ecuador. He's the best striker in the world. When it comes to a shootout with five players, he's in the back tying a shoe, you know? So it is a big, big thing to step up and do this. Cause Jean could easily said, no, 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 you take it. You're Christine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and yeah. that again, like people need to realize this, that this happens, right? Drew, I'm sure you've seen a thousand times. Yeah, I've given away plenty of penalties, so I've seen other people. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, I, I, I think I've taken one penalty. I think it was in grade 11 in, in the state <laughs> championship. I don't know. I haven't been yeah. able to take one in a game or been involved in a penalty shootout after. I'll tell you for points or after, but um, yeah, it's, you know, I don't think people understand how much teams – well, I can only speak from my experience. We, we practice penalties all the time. Whatever team you're on, you practice them, especially as you get close to the American playoffs. Yeah. Um, because games just end up going to that. You know, if it's a one-off game, everyone's working hard, and it ends up going to penalties. And so we, it's a, a muscle memory thing. Um, some goalies, obviously, they, obviously, there's many people studying film, so they'll know where you go if you've taken them before. And, yeah, Drew, I'm um, going to jump in and ask you this question, yeah. actually, just on that point. Mm-hmm. Janine and Drew, now with – the video and video analysis and all this stuff, everyone, do you need to have now two or three spots where you shoot a penalty or do you stick with that just one spot? Because the keepers will, will know your tendency. So do you need to now pick three or four spots? I said two or three, now it's three or four. Yeah, no. Now it's like 10 <laughs> to 12. Like, do, do you now do that? 
Janine, you can take that one because I'm 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 not really the one taking penalties. I, I like taking penalties, but I'm not usually chosen. <laughs> Um, I will say after the World Cup, I started to practice going both ways. So I now feel confident going both ways. Um, I also think it, there's a there's reverse to that as well. Um, obviously, we as forwards get to see and study tendencies of a goalkeeper um, and then how they performed in in shootouts. So obviously at City, we do a ridiculous amount of video review. Um, and and that we actually have the ability to on the sideline, however our coaches bring something up. So um, yeah, I think it's important to be able to go both ways. I think more than anything, it's just important to be really confident in which way you're going to go. Because at the end of the day, if a goalkeeper guesses the right way or has some sense to know where you're going to go, if it's far enough over and it's hit well enough, um, they will have to make a world-class save. So I do think it is important to go both ways, but I think it's more important to just be really confident. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of videos, Drew, still defending documentary. If anyone hasn't seen it, I mean, you can find it online, right? For free now, I think. Yeah, I think it's on stilldefendingdoc.com, maybe. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah. and for those who don't know, Drew. I think you know. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Good thing I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should have a banner in the background with the, the <laughs> website address. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to ask you, like for for the listeners who don't know, Drew was, you know, was sick for a while and had a health scare, and there was a documentary made. I don't want to ruin, not ruin it, but because I, I want people to check it out for themselves. Yeah. But yeah. how are like how is that? How are you feel? Is there? I mean, you're you're all good now. You're you're fit as a fiddle. Yeah, I don't have any uh, lingering effects. I don't have any um, uh, scarring or anything like that. Uh, so yeah, I, I've been. Again, blessed and lucky to make a full recovery um, when a lot of people don't. So yeah. it's, uh, it's weird, what was it called again? Experience. So we can get that out there. What was it? Yeah, it's called myocarditis. It's a viral. It's caused by a viral infection of the. Well, that myocarditis is just the infection of the heart muscle. It can happen in any other parts of the body. You can have it in the liver or whatever. Um, but the heart's a little bit different because of it's you know supplying blood to your body. So yeah. it's a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it just was unfortunate how it happened, and it just anybody can get it. So it's not a, a pity party. It's just uh, I'm glad yeah. I had somebody around at the time to to take me to the hospital. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. well, if anyone can rip through it like in four months, it's true. I mean, everyone <laughs> out here. I mean, it's I'm watching this documentary. They're like, he's not going to walk for eight months. Like four months later, he's scoring uh, 17 goals, and uh, it's like it's only Drew. Yeah. Like, man, uh, I wish I, I wish I scored 17 goals. Saved 17 goals. Yeah, but yeah, so, so yeah, no, check that out. Still defending documentary and and um, you know, look at that. Uh, I'm not gonna tr- try and pronounce it. Myocri- myocarditis. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're you know, <laughs> I know uh they're they're always accepting uh you know donations to look more into that because uh, that's this is athletes, 20 to 40 that get this and and are are, mm-hmm. are uh and we're enough athlete show everybody listening there. So, you know, it isn't a super important issue. So yeah, we're going to put it on our uh, social media, Drew. You'll probably, you might get two more views and maybe one more <laughs> donation for us. We have five fans. So yeah. we're going to, that's like a big percentage of our listening group. So no, you guys are, you guys are doing, rolling out these. Uh, there's more and more traction. I love it. It's, this is great. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah, I, so, yeah. Go ahead, so Mark. No, no, go. Janine, Manchester city. Okay. Like, Come on. First of all, Drew's a Man United fan. How did this go down? How did you let this happen, Drew? Great question, Mark. (laughs) 
I, uh, well, he, we had a conversation about it. He was, uh, <laughs> he called me a traitor. I think, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you. Uh, it was, it's, it's kind of a crazy story how it all came about. Um, obviously you guys know the story around how I was traded from Houston to sky blue. Um, and in sky blue that season, we had a rough, we had a rough year. Um, actually I didn't win a single game with the team, which is good. Um, so I had talked to my agent kind of throughout the season, like, we'll see how it goes. I was, I was there. I was in it. I wasn't going to just leave. Uh, but I had shared with him my interest in going overseas at some point and, uh, can you ask around? Uh, is there any opportunity, you know, in the new year when the NWSL season was over? And he called me one day and he was like, uh, you, you need to, I'm going to tell you something and you don't have very long to decide. I need, I need an answer. This was a Wednesday and the, the transfer window closed the following Wednesday. So we had a week to figure this out. Wow. So he said, city's looking for a number nine. Uh, they think one of their players is going to leave at Christmas and, and they want to make sure that they have someone in place. And I was like, Oh, okay. Let me call my mom. <laughs> so <laughs> I called my mom. Uh, and I was just like, I really think this is something that I need to do. Uh, I don't know if this opportunity will come around again. Long story short, I told them, yes, I was on the phone with the coach the next day. Uh, they were like, we're really excited to have you here. And then it kind of came to a screeching halt because the NWSL wasn't operating that weekend. So oh I God. was trying to get my transfer papers signed and there was no one in the office over the weekend. Oh my so my agent, my agent's calling me every five minutes. I'm on the phone with my national team coach. I'm talking to everyone trying to get a hold of the commissioner of the NWSL. And at the end of all of it, although it was a very frustrating situation, the NWSL was really great in, in how they, they pulled it off. We got the paper signed. Uh, I signed literally like hours within hours of the window closing. Huh. Um, obviously everything happened over <laughs> via email. So I had to print all of my stuff, sign the contracts. Um, and yeah, then I, I went up to New York city actually. And I did all of my like medical testing with NYCFC because obviously oh, they're a right. part yeah. of the city group. So that ended up working out really well. It was only like 45 minutes from where I was living at the time. I uh, did a bunch of interviews. It was really cool. And two weeks later, I was in England. How uh, insane are the facilities? Like, are they, is it mind-blowing? They're ridiculous. Yeah, if you haven't watched the Amazon Prime documentary, All or Nothing on the team yeah. the year they won the Premier League, yeah. massively would uh, tell you to watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's insane. This is, uh, and I know, in my opinion, for an entire club, there's no one in the world that has the facilities like we do. Um, and the fact that, we are there full-time. Our academy teams are there full-time. Um, and our youth use our pitches full-time as well. It's, it's quite incredible. Um, and it's easy to, to forget how lucky we are because we are there and we're in it and we're there every day and we're using the facilities every day. But uh, yeah, we're incredibly lucky to have access to what we do. I mean, we have our own stadium, which is pretty unbelievable because most women's teams, you know, I think we're the only team in our league that has our own stadium. Wow. Drew, you went to see these facilities yourself? Yeah, we, I uh, went over with my mom for about a month in, uh, was that, two years ago now? And we saw a couple games. And, uh, yeah, it was incredible. Even just at the, I mean, we, we saw uh, the men play. I saw a Champions League game, and then they played Everton. But, you know, they have the Etihad. And, well, where Janine lives is that she's, I mean, she's driving. But you can jump on the train two stops. You're at the Etihad campus. Campus, they call it. So, you know, it's massive. The men have this circular spaceship facility. Um, 
and the women can use that now with COVID, I guess. And she can tell you all this. But yeah, and we we I watched the game at the Academy Stadium, I'm sitting next to Phil Neville, talking to him about tactics. It's just like one of my. I, I really what, what was going on. I was trying to get a parallel, like as good as the houses for PDL, or <laughs> no, or they don't. It doesn't compare to the houses of PDL because okay. we had that was the best location. You can't beat location. So thank you, really location, cool. location, location. Like location. thank you. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good, yeah. good. Yeah. So, Janine, I'm going to jump to uh, to Drew in a sec here, but Janine, I want to know, if, do you know Bev Priestman? Do you know the new national team head coach from being in England? Like, have you, I'm sure you've met her a bunch of times, so this could be an easy yeah. transition for you. Yeah, well, I know Bev really well. Um, actually, she was working under John Herdman when John was our coach a few years back. So I actually worked with Bev for probably eight, 12 months. Um, she was obviously at the Olympic Games with us. Um, but obviously when Bev's role was quite, uh, background when she was working under John. So we didn't actually get to work like one-on-one -on -one together, but uh, she was actually at my game today. So, cool. um, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm super excited about, about the, the hire. And, um, obviously we've not been in camp yet with her, but uh, I'm really excited for, for her to come in. I think she's going to do a fantastic job. Speaking of today's game, I had, I, I thought of this the other day, um, you're with Man City, and now you're you're doing what a lot of managers. We, Steve and I, were just talking about this. Klopp was was uh, complaining about schedules. You're in this schedule where you played, I think, like the sixth against Everton. You played the ninth again in the Champions League. You had to travel, and now you're playing on the thirteenth. Like, how does a human being recover from that? Is it <laughs> without? You should have seen. So when we came, we had international break uh, before this six game, yeah. five game craziness happened. And when we all got back, well, when all the girls came back from international break, we had a meeting and they had our entire schedule planned up until our Christmas break. And it was just like looking at wow. like Chinese because there was <laughs> so much on there and it was like, you couldn't read anything. Um, but that's another part of being at a club like this. The resources that we have to recover, um, the nutritional support that we get it's there's really no excuse to not be taking care of your body obviously for anyone that amount of games is difficult yeah. but we also have the club has done a really good job putting together a squad that he can rotate quite frequently and not drop in level so yeah tonight was a massive massive win for us um and then obviously we have to go again on wednesday and then again on sunday and then uh, uh thankfully unlike the men we do get a little bit of a break so have you been it's been that, pretty wild have you been in that chamber that from the all for one documentary the the freezing have you been in that chamber yeah the cryotherapy chamber yeah we we uh because of covid we're not we are not interacting with their their side of the building so we're on different sides okay. of the building um but last year we used it all the time. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. You go into like one side of it and you're in there for like 30 seconds and then this green light goes on and you go into the other one. And you can go in with like three or four people and it's so cold in there, you literally can't see the person next to you because there's so much frost. And you stay in for like three minutes and then you're done. Wow. But I do really think it helps so much. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, we're pretty, it's pretty insane that we have the yeah. access to that. Our own Better than a Dr. Pepper for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, yeah. So I'm going to ask this last question to Drew, then we'll get into some quick rapid fire questions. I know you have to go uh, guys, but Drew, what's next contracts up with El Paso. Like do you have any inside info we can share to our, uh, our listeners here? Um, well, you know, I, um, I'm fortunately, uh, yeah, yeah, no, the CPL will always be a, be a good option. Um, as you go forward, but I had, uh, 
it's it's stalled up now, but I had signed a contract to go to the UAE in July. Oh my God! Year. Way, wow. and uh, it got pushed back because of COVID, um, and it was back and forth, back and forth. It's been actually a really big nightmare, um, oh. and so I, I cut my contract with El Paso at the beginning of the playoffs. So I didn't play any of the playoffs, and so that goes into what I was talking about before: is I missed two penalty shootouts that I would have maybe been a part of and, oh and so, you know i'm just sitting there in el paso waiting to to oh. get on the plane to go over there and and uh sign my contract and i'm missing these penalty shoes so it's yeah. Really okay. um, <laughs> yeah so that was supposed to happen in october um and then i missed the the visa deadline because of some paperwork and just a, dealing with middle east teams has been a real nightmare yeah. But anyways, um, it could happen in January. I'm hoping it does. Um, it'd be a really great opportunity. Um, otherwise, yeah, looking at all options, whether it's USL or, you know, yeah. there's no more NASL. So I'm getting you – I've spent my two years in the USL. I've learned a lot. Um, it's good yeah. and bad. El Paso is a very, very good club. They took very good care of us. Um, yeah. Better UAE, salaries in a lot of places. You're taking um, the nice weather to a whole new level. You got Janine yeah. B from Texas now. And yeah, like, yeah, definitely oh, got her. Janine, yeah. you got to step up your game. You're going right on the equator. Equator FC. <laughs> yeah. You got to find that team. That's it's great. too cold here right now. I'm not yeah. made for this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not here, Ottawa, gonna... You haven't experienced Ottawa winters. There you go. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Oh, man. Yeah. Gonna, so I'll, I'll meet you guys out on Algonquin. We'll get some training in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the biggest field in, in North America. <laughs> yeah, you know, one point I wanted to bring up about Janine going to Man City is she almost signed for Liverpool before Man City. She didn't say that. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh my so I was okay really? with her signing for Man City because Man United at the time didn't have a women's team. So. When he says almost, that is a very aggressive word. I had <laughs> had an opportunity, but there was only like one conversation. So. Oh, my God. Kind of squash that. Wow. <laughs> What okay, you so, you didn't want to go to Liverpool? You you you, you, you anywhere but Liverpool? This is what Drew was getting. I was like, I feel yeah. like something's coming. It <laughs> might be Man City. <laughs> no. Liverpool did get relegated, so you probably made the right choice. Yeah, yeah, you probably did the right, the right choice. Say. But you could have helped them, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, true. They got a new training facility, so you can go there now. There you go. True. Yeah. So I'm gonna quickly hit you with some uh, rapid fire questions, so we can. Uh, let you guys get back to your life. So I want to ask, who would win in a race between you two? Hundred meters. Oh, can we guess first? Even I guess first. Yes. This oh, you guys, is this just okay. is this with the ball or without? Without. It's a hundred meter track. It's like track. You're in the Olympics. Okay, I'm gonna through? say because it's a football podcast. I'm gonna say with the ball. I'm gonna say Janine dribbling with the ball. Sorry, Drew. I love, you to death. I love you to death. I would pick you to save my family in a fire and everything. <laughs> I, I honestly, like, you've done things in a game, like, you've yeah. headed the ball on the ground instead of use, like, to get yeah. up and use your feet. Like, I've seen you do stuff like that. Yeah. But Janine with the ball, incisively dribbling through defenders is one of my favorite things to watch when you yeah. play for Canada and Men oh, City. So, thank you. so, I'm going to go for that. Without the ball, I'm going to go for Drew. I'm sorry. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think he would like claw his way and push you out of the way. I do too. He would just push me over and then run away. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if my house is unfair, no offense, Gene, I would push you over to get to Drew. lives, <laughs> 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 but I have to agree, with Jay. It's a boring answer. I totally agree, with Jay. I love watching you. I would use the word slash when you dribble, like, and you cut inside. It's. I find it 
it's fantastic. My neighbor oh, is a 13 year old, sorry, a 10 year old. And she's friends with my son. And I'm like raving about it when she does it or when you do it. Yeah. Right. He's like, I'm pushing her to be a Becky fan in all aspects of her life. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's fantastic. But Drew in a straight ahead without a ball, for sure. He's going to clobber. If I asked both of you right now to text me the sentence, Soccer Snobs is the greatest podcast ever, who would win the text race? Janine. Oh my gosh, not even a contest. Not not, I don't know if I'm proud of that, though. I don't think it's something to be proud of. <laughs> do you use two hands or one when you text? Do you have an iPhone? Two. Yeah, I use two hands. Two hands, yeah. I'm a one-handed. I can texter. use one hand, but I'm not very fast. I wouldn't what win. What phone do you have, Jason? Is it like a an Android uh, yeah, flip yeah. phone? Still? Only iPhone. If if it's a green text, I don't answer. Sorry. Oh, I'm with you on that. Get away, green. I miss I miss the T9 word though. That was the be- Those are the best days where you didn't have to look at your phone to text. That. Yeah, I agree. How soon after midnight? I'll start with Drew, then we'll go. Go to Janine. How soon after midnight on New Year's Eve are you asleep? I don't make it to I don't make it to Don't make it. I don't think Probably it's enough. Right this one. doesn't surprise me. I, I doesn't yeah. surprise me. Not at all. Power bar, yeah, bed at 8 30. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I'd rather, yeah, go to bed early, wake up early. Yeah. yeah. If, I'm not missing anything. I'm gonna ask Steve this question first about the Beckys. You're in a penalty shootout. No, actually, I'm gonna change it. You're in a game 90 minutes for your life. You have to pick one of them to be your keeper. Who's a better keeper? <laughs> Drew. Sorry. Oh, Come on. Wow. I'm a wow. played in goal. No way. Yeah, I, think really. oh, I don't yes. know. Listen. I got, I got scored on. I got scored on. Yeah, there you go. It's me. not fair, Janine. <laughs> Drew played for me. Like, like Jay said, I'll be like, Drew, head the ball on the ground to clear it. And he'd just be like, yes. And he'd do it. And he'd it's head true. it like 20 yards. So, like, he'll do anything. No. No, I'm picking Janine because oh, she's going to be she's going to be smarter. She's going to be no offense, more worried. Oh, Drew, that so she's going to organize. She's going to organize. Drew going to be too cocky cuz he's brave and he's big and he you know, he's just uh, more of a man than will ever be and he'll be like, "Oh, this is no problem." Janine, no, she'll be like, "Organize a good keeper, stop shots. A better keeper, no shots." Janine. Oh. Uh, well, you know, who's Jay, giving the no shots? I'm. I, we're I the like ones that defending. Philosophy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually. Okay, I'm gonna ask. You know what? I'll go back. I'll go to Steve again on this. Steve, who's better at wrapping Christmas gifts, Janine or uh, or Drew? Well, look at her background right now. Yeah, yeah I know. That's so look at oh she my Look how tight that is. Wow, that wow. was brilliant. Her house and background and the Christmas. Look at that. Look at that. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. Like, come on. I've got a stupid board. You've got Ikea stuff. Drew's in a red room of like insanity or wherever he's in. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. It's like easy win on that. I'm at my girlfriend's parents' house. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my God! I don't think why he did I say that? that? He probably said that I admitted that. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Keep that Life of a North American football. You got moving around too much. Yeah. So speaking of of North American, uh, Drew, when was the last time you had McDonald's? Um, no, way. he's too disciplined. There's no way he's had it. Well, I, 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 had coffee. I haven't had a I haven't had a meal there in probably a year and a half. I don't know. A year and a half? A year and a half? More than that, Drew. You don't eat there. 
Year and a half. Janine, what about you? I think the, the English people, don't they have that for breakfast, lunch, dinner? They love it. They love it. They also love KFC, which I don't get. Um, I would say it's been like, I don't remember the last time I had a meal there. Although their ice cream is really good. I'm a, I'm McDonald's, a, in a Europe, sucker. McDonald's in Europe is I'm better. I'm a sucker for ice cream. Really? McDonald's in Europe is better? Yeah, when I was in Finland for that brief time, I had uh, I had a burger there, and it was it was like I was eating at a you know steakhouse. It was unbelievable. Wow. Wow. It must be the quality of beef or something. Have, it probably costs like thirty. Yeah. Probably costs like thirty dollars American for that. Yeah, burger. it was about it was about fifty euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's crazy. It's so crazy. expensive there. So you walk into a restaurant, Janine. Are you getting sparkling or still water? Sparkling. Wow. Yes. Sparkling. Oh, oh. Is. yeah. Whatever they got, tap water or distilled water. <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting sparkling water. Yeah, for sure. You're playing it's so in much easier team. to find here, though. So yeah, true. Yeah, yeah like they serve that. it at restaurants here. You have to like buy it in the U.S. Yeah. Okay, continue. Sorry. So true. No, no, it's important because these guys are judging. <laughs> they wanted you to say tap water. Mark wants. To say, <laughs> hey, I'm a tap. I'm tap all the yeah, I'll drink out of the whole. Well, tap, tap in Canada is different than tap in the states. So. True. Very true. Also true. Rather play. In a national team game, it's a massive, massive game with only one boot on or play in flat running shoes? One boot. Oh, that was quick too. I love that. Drew, what about you? Running shoes because, I mean, you got to have grip, but I got to run as You're well. You're not going to grip in running shoes. You're going to slip right on your everything. Well, you, gotta, you only have one foot. You can't play with one foot. You can plant. You can, you can plant you can with plant. that one and kick with the snowshoe foot. I had that. Okay. You know what? Though? Jason, Different here's, positions. here's where your philosophy is coming. Well, I, I, coming I, don't, right I can't through. slip in the back. Think. I can't slip in the back, though, too. So Think. that's a good question. But I got to tackle with both feet. So I'm going with the running shoes. I'm with Drew. Two running shoes. There's what? no way I'm playing with one. Is it a bare foot and your, your shin guards on top? Or is it like a no, sock? You have to have a sock on. You have yeah, to have yeah. a sock on. You have to have yeah. the sock on. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, But you could take the sock off. One shoe. I'm with Janine. Yeah. I think both have their pros and cons. No, don't be nice. Oh, are you playing? Are you playing down, on the or are you playing at? That's Wembley? a Canadian answer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, if we're playing on turf, shoes, yeah, no wants, problem. Yeah, tennis shoes. Yeah, field sure. turf, no problem. Yeah, yeah, turf, turf shoes, grass, one boot. There we go. Yeah, Gatorade or water during a game. What do you go to first at halftime? Water. Uh, yeah, water. But Drew, you're in the you're in the heat, man. You play in the heat. Yeah, I've been yeah, I've been some some really. We played in uh, Phoenix this year, and it was it was like 42 degrees at the start of the game, so like 116 or something, just something stupid Fahrenheit. But, but you're hydrated before the game, like you're like totally. Yeah, but you're you drinking. can't you can't be. No matter what, that's no. just yeah. like you need an eye. I wish. Yeah, I need to invent quick IVs for after games. You're just, <laughs> your stomach's messed up. You're. But yeah, it's um. I don't know. We we got, luckily had water breaks this year, yeah, even right. if it wasn't yeah, hot. Right. And so, you know, you, you almost split the game up into four periods, and you're like, okay, first first twenty or thirty minutes here, when you get before you get the break, let's let's push, let's push, and then you last fifteen minutes, you're like, oh, okay, I got some water, I feel a little bit better. Um, but I, I I would mix it, Mark. I'd put some water in. I have to dilute the Gatorade, or else you get this. I get this weird yeah, taste. It's too much. Head. It's just yeah, too much. No. I'm just going to end it with uh, just a quick quiz. I'm going to quiz uh, all four of you. But before we uh, get into that last part, I just wanted to say thank you both for coming on here. I know you're busy and 
and uh, you know, you have uh, soccer lives that are insane, but you're both a perfect example to our listeners of how to like thrive from a setback or something in, in your life. And Drew, everywhere you go, you leave a lasting impression. Like it's, it's, a, it's a known thing. You're, 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 you know, you're a lasting impression. You've changed lives of these kids here in Ottawa. Like we really, uh, we really appreciate, appreciate what you do wherever you go. And Janine, you're cut from the same cloth. Like I said earlier, brave to take that penalty. Leader, role model for my kids, their kids, every kid uh, in North America. So, you know, Canada's lucky to have both of you involved in uh, in and around these lives. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, Mark, I'd like to just jump in real thank quick. Thank you. I mean, like it's, it's turning into a sap show, but I have to. Have to. Janine, <laughs> yeah. obviously, we, we know Drew better. We coach them and whatnot. I think Mark's bang on your cut from the same cloth like it's impressive to watch you as a player and a person I just have to say with Drew Drew is one of like the well there's not a few I've been fortunate to coach lots and lots of good players good people Drew is one of a standout you like they're the 11 U 11 team I coach knows Drew Becky because I use him as an example like like maybe they're even sick of him because like who is this Drew Becky he keeps talking about but like Drew Becky Eddie Edward there's a couple of guys that to me are just like Mark said, what they've overcome, their character, like how they're humble, like what they do, the legacy they leave behind. I mean, you're one of those people. I tell these boys, like, listen, like, this is a guy you want to follow. This is the kind of thing you have to do to get to these levels. And then you want to also just be a good person and leave a legacy like that. So, like, I just think you're incredible. I have to say one more quick story just to show you how, like, Canadian and humble he is. He's getting drafted. It's the MLS draft. I send him a text because I'm so excited. Like, but I'm a small part of his, his, uh, like his path. He's texting me back during the draft. He's telling me who's going to pick him. I'm getting like a ticker. Like this is like a, a behind the scenes. He, he's, he's keeping me up to date on everything. I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm like, sorry, man, I don't want to keep bugging you. He's like, I just got drafted. They gave me the hat. And I was like, yeah. like, who is he? Like, who stage. am I to get this? And he's texting me with both fingers. Like, Anyway, it's just an incredible oh, person, someone who doesn't have to do those things. Um, so, yeah, it's maybe a sap show now. I apologize, but I had no, to No, no. That was the, the, tw- the summer of 2012 was the best. That was the best time I ever had uh, <laughs> playing. That was fantastic. And it set the stone for what was going to happen in years to come. And you got that was we had an amazing team, amazing group of guys. And uh, I still can't was, believe we lost. Oh, I know. Okay. That was brutal. Brutal. Still pains me more than my Peter Thomas, Thomas Beattie uh, picked you as his favorite, best player that he played with ever. Like he, wow, he rated special. you very, very highly. We, and uh, uh, well, we, we keep in good touch and he's, that's uh, good. Guy. Yeah. Awesome. And he picked him quick, AJ. It wasn't like, yeah, he did. It's like Drew Becky. Yeah. 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 Okay, so here's the quiz. This is a, uh, you know, we ask everybody a super skill testing question and you know what I did it. Because on uh, this, is where I got this question on Drew's Wikipedia. Oh no! I saw something uh, pretty, uh, pretty. In- it was just like it was just. I found it because I know you're both uh, Catholic. Uh, you know, you have a spiritual path. On Drew Beggy's Wikipedia, it says Drew is a Catholic. Period. <laughs> and then it goes to like a new paragraph. I was like, whoa! <laughs> like, okay, that, was, that was intense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so with that said, I'm going to start with Drew on this question. Great. How many, how many popes have there been in the history of the world? Oh my God. 25. Okay. Janine, Janine, let's, let's hear your guess. Come on, Janine. You literally have no idea. <laughs> uh, you looked like 25 was a good answer. I'm going to go 21. 
Jay. Yes. No, I'd like to go at the end, please. You've been instructed. You're, You've he, been instructed. He loses his position because he prices rights all the time and goes like one dollar <laughs> or one whatever. So we have to not let him go last. So he's instructed now to he has to go. Twenty-six. <laughs> Steve. Okay, it's gonna look like a price is right guess, but I think Janine saw the same reaction in you, Mark. Like you looked like Drew was close, so I'm gonna say 27. Janine, did you look it up? No, <laughs> no. Just, no, 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 just now. No, no, no I just oh. meant like just now. Oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 because I was hoping because now she I was feel like so I'm happy. The, yeah. her face, you, Mark, you just you played, played with her, her there. That was not fair. No, because the answer is so unbelievable. It's 206. <laughs> and now I feel like I'm wrong. So I was hoping. But <laughs> well, why'd you react like that? That was a dumb reaction, Mark. Where's it was a reaction source? of. Well, that was. I started yeah, the premise. That, I guess there's been a pope since what? Uh, you know, after yeah. oh, I guess probably the 1500s or 1400s. So, well, I thought that they maybe served a little bit longer than that. So I needed Janine to like help me and be like, "He's right. It's 206." Now I'm like, I have no confidence in my. Show. I'm quitting. This is our last ever show, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for being on the last show. <laughs> I'm not a Catholic. I need to sit, go to. <laughs> yeah, can we delete that off Drew's Wikipedia now? <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, thanks again, both of you. Like, uh, insane to get you both on here. Yeah, that's great. Anytime. Thanks for having us. Thanks very much for listening today. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and of course, leave us a five-star review. If you want to get in touch, you'll find us on Instagram at soccersnob1, on Twitter at soccersnobs1, by searching for us on Facebook, and of course on the web at www.soccersnobs.ca backslash listen. You can leave us your opinion, give us any comments, and if that's where you want to get nasty, feel free to do so.